So we worship you, God, all over this place. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who is here. We thank you that he is here, that you are here, oh God, and you have come to meet to bless us, God, as we bless you in our praise, with our worship, with our adoration. We glorify you and we exalt you now. We want to thank you, Father God, for all that you have done. We want to thank you for who you are, oh God. Nothing compares to you. Nothing compares to your name. How beautiful, how powerful the name of Jesus. So now we give you our glory. We give you all the honor and all the praise. I ask that you may speak to every heart here, every life. We need your word, God. We need to hear what you have to say. So speak through me. I yield every part of my being that you may touch, that you may speak, that you may do exactly what you want to do in the hearts and the lives of your people here. We remember those who are not here for whatever the reason, oh God. We ask that even right now that you may touch them. Touch them by your power. Touch them with your love. Touch them with the anointing of your Holy Spirit that they may know, God, that you have called and chosen them. So we give you the glory and the honor for what you have done so far and what you're going to do still. In your son's name we pray. And all God's people say, Amen. How about love someone before you take your seats? Shake their hand one more time. Tell them it's good to see you in the house of God. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, Wes, for leading us into worship. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We serve such an awesome God, don't we? Come on, I said we serve an awesome God. Hallelujah. Yeah, you can give him some praise. Worship him. That's what it's all about. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful uh, to God for his mercy. Hallelujah. For those of you, I know you were welcome before. For the ones who are here for the very first time, we want to welcome you and let you know that it's a pleasure and an honor to have you worship God with us this morning. Amen? Hallelujah. And for those of us, our regular folks, uh, make sure you take time. Seek them out. Find the ones who are here for the first time. Introduce yourself. Demonstrate the love of God. Amen? The Bible said this is how we are separated. This is how the world knows that we are who we are. It's by his love. So I want to encourage you to do this there. Uh, find someone. Demonstrate that love. I know Ms. Donna announced it this morning, but whoever lost this beautiful pin last Sunday, uh, it, it will be here. Uh, if it's yours, uh, come claim it after church. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. I am so grateful once again uh, just for the opportunity to stand before you uh, because God is so good and I, I never take it lightly and I'm always uh, deeply grateful. Uh, because I know how much God loves us. Amen? Amen. And uh, it's, 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 it's something I'm fully aware of, uh, that whom God blesses and he loves, that we need to do the same. So I hold every one of you in high regards, and I thank God. I thank God. Amen? Visitors, like I say again, please be welcome. Amen? And I trust that God touches your heart. Uh, we started uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it was mentioned this morning, I don't know if you noticed, I mean, the, the last, we, we've had some anointed speakers here, amen? God has been pouring out his spirit. And uh, sister spoke last Sunday about prayer, 
And I was sitting there reminding on the very first uh, sermon I preached here about this prayer-conditioned church. Amen? Amen? And I trust that we've been doing that ever so often. Uh, God brings someone again just to remind us of who we are and where we are. And prayer Amen. should be at the heart and the life of every believer. Yes, Amen? It is. it is what uh, keeps us connected with the kingdom of God that we are a part of. Uh, Sunday before last, we look at this whole Thanksgiving thing uh, because it's the holidays, as, as it's called. And I told you before, I am uh, uh, Christmas time is my favorite time of the year. Why? Because it's one, we celebrate the birth of Christ, but it's a time when, when friends and family and loved ones we get together and do during the holiday what we need to be doing all year long. Amen. Uh, we, we, we take special time to tell folks how we appreciate them and we love them. And this is something we need to be doing all year long. So it's my favorite time of the year. I know someone mentioned uh, there's so many that have lost loved ones. And, 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 and this is a time that could be grim. Uh, but if, if you fit into that category, I want to just admonish you. Amen. Do not let the enemy dictate to you what this time of the year needs to be. Amen. Don't fall off. Don't live by any cliche. Not because you've lost a loved one. You tell yourself, it's got to be the most depressed. No, no, no. There's no way in God's word that says that. You claim who you are regardless of the season. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Because I know that it's God's will, uh, that, that we live as such. You know something else God reminded me? Uh, there's, there's times and seasons in the life of the Christian, in the life of everyone. Oftentimes, we've convinced ourselves that God has separated certain times for us to be beat down and downtrodden. But as you know, I am a man of the word. I love the word of God. And there's nothing in the word that tells me as a Christian, there's no season in the life of a Christian for defeat. That's right. Some of you all haven't really got that yet, but I trust you will. There is no season in the life of the believer that God says, this is your season to be in defeat. No part. Amen. He's called us to live a triumphant life all year long. Amen. Despite what the enemy uh, brings about, there's, there's things that God may not uh, uh, orchestrate, but nonetheless, he could manipulate it to bless every one of us. Amen? So I want to encourage you, if you're feeling somehow this time of the year, uh, the times and, and folks and people have said, you've got to be down. Nope. Amen? You dispel it, and you speak the outcome of your life. Amen? I remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, my wife and I, we received a call that was challenging. You know, and shaken up. She was shaken up. I was shaken up, uh, mostly because she was shaken up. And as, as we talked in the phone, and she was getting ready to jump in the car and take off and so on, the Spirit of God began to speak to both of us. And I began to declare to my wife, I said, look, baby, during this time, despite what the enemy said is supposed to happen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to speak the outcome of this situation already. Right. Amen? And we began declaring... Here's how this is going to play out. So I want to encourage you. Uh, begin. Every time you fall into a situation, before you take on the mindset of this world, you switch it up and say, you know what? I've got the power and the authority to declare how this is going to play out. Amen? I may not know the exact details, but I know the Word of God says, and we know that all things work it together for them who are the called according to His purpose. Amen? And I am walking in the calling that God has called me to. Therefore, this situation must work together for my good. 
Amen? And you've got to know this, because if you're not, all you're doing is saying words. Amen? Hallelujah. So we looked at this thing about thanks uh, living uh, two Sundays ago, and the Spirit of God has been really dealing with me about the principles in God's Word, that it is not just uh, for good reading, for good uh, sermons, you know? Most of the time it's like, oh, that's a great sermon. But he's been dealing with me about these things, about this is the way I've called you to live. Amen? And this morning, I want to uh, share what the Spirit of God has laid on my heart on the topic of living in agreement with God. I wrestled with the title of it and the Holy Spirit this morning said, I want you to put the living in front of it because this is not something I'm calling my people to do periodically, you know, sporadically. But this is the life I've called you to, living in agreement with God. Now, we're going to go to several verses to get to this, but I want this to sink into your spirit. Our first thing, let's look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. A very popular verse, and look, it's used a lot of time at Christmas time. But I want you to understand, I look at this whole season from a different twist this year. Amen? Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. I want you to let that marinate in your spirit. Being interpreted, God with us. Let us uh, turn now to Amos or Amos or however you choose to say it. Uh, Chapter 3, we're going to read verse 3 and then we're going to jump down to verse 7. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Can two walk together except they be agreed? I'm talking to myself, well, what is the scripture saying? Yeah, we could walk together and not, you know, really be in agreement. But it speaks of the direction you're going. Me and Brother Richard can't say, okay, we can't come together and say, we're going to walk in the same direction, right? We agree. And end up going different directions. Neither can we end up the same place going together unless we're in agreement. Right? And you're going to understand why is this so important of walking together. Right? The word walk, it speaks of travel, of movement. From point A to point B to point C and so on and so forth. Can two travel distances the same place unless they agree where they're going, in other words. Amen. Right? Amen. All right. Uh, jump down to uh, verse, seven. verse 7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. Amen. Wow. A verse I stumbled on. Uh, just uh, a powerful And, of course, you know what reveal means. Make known, show things. And prophets there simply means inspired man or woman of God. Amen? Amen? Inspired person uh, that normally prophesies or simply speaks God's word. Now, I don't know how many of you realize this or not, but at different times in our life, 
God has called you to be a prophet. You know, oftentimes, uh, especially in the body of, of Christ, we have a lot of titles, and I understand that because of the functionality. It means something. But because you may not have a title of such, whether it's pastor, bishop, teacher, prophet, at different time, the Spirit of God moves in you to operate in that way. Amen. And when I looked at this word prophet, meaning an inspired, in case you hadn't realized it, that the Spirit of God wants to inspire us. Yes, Amen? <laughs> when you're inspired, you are energized. Amen? Amen? There's people, look, I've seen folks that walk into conferences just literally emotionally as if they were crawling in there and left the conference emotionally as if they were standing strong, like, oh my goodness, simply because they were inspired Amen. by what someone said or what someone did. Now, the greatest inspirator or inspiration comes by and from the Holy Spirit. And God wants, listen, there's going to be times in your life when you face something, when the Holy Spirit, one of his key functions is going to be just to inspire you. To remind you, look, you could make this leap. You know what? You're ordained to do this. You could conquer this. Why? Because you've got me inside of you. You're not alone. I am with you. No. Let us look at this season we call Christmas time, or as the world wants to call it now, holiday season. Folk, in case you hadn't realized, there's a conspiracy of the world's thinking to do away with everything having to do with Christ. You need to open your eyes. Amen? In many organizations now, the push is so great. You know, don't call it Christmas. Let's call it holidays. We don't say Happy Christmas or Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Here are holidays. Merry Christmas. Why? He is the reason for the season. Amen? Hallelujah. Yes, you could give him some praise. We've got to understand that it's not about, this isn't about no holiday, a date and a calendar. We do this because of the birth of the living Christ, the only inspired one of God. Amen? So this is what this is about. So the word Emmanuel is God with us. God with, you know, I know that the toughest thing we face today is that we don't see God in natural form, right? And because he's right there where we can touch and feel him, sometimes it becomes hard to understand who we are and what we have. But the fact that the God of gods is now with us. <laughs> when you understand this, it changes your life, or it should change your life. That every morning when you step out of the house, if you are a Christian, if you've accepted Christ, you are not, you know, I thought about several props for this message. I wanted to maybe pull up a couple of pictures of these great big bodybuilders, you know, muscle-bound dudes that turn up cars and stuff. And just imagine, physically speaking, every morning you step out the house, 
You've got several of those all around you. Whatever you need done, you've got these guys walking with you. And, and that is just a fraction, just a tip of the iceberg of what the Christian life is supposed to look like. Amen? That every situation, if whatever it is. Remember several Sundays ago, I preached on it's already been provided? That every single thing that you and I will ever need, ever, yes, I said ever, everything that you will ever need, God, not will, has already supplied and provided it. Every single thing. Now, let us look at this a little deeper, understanding this whole thing about living in agreement with God. What does it mean for the life of the Christian? Amen. All right? Uh, let us look at Genesis uh, chapter 11, verses 6 and 7. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And they begin to do, no, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Now, let's pause for a second before we get to the next verse. In case you're not familiar with the story of the Tower of Babel, this was uh, Noah's kids. After God destroyed the earth the first time, you know, Noah had sons, and at this point, as the earth grew, everybody was together. They all spoke the same language, and the world kind of grew together, everybody communicating, understanding each other. And they set their hearts in the, pre in the previous verse. They said, Let, let's, let's build a tower up to heaven. We want to do this. And God, or the Godhead, as you're going to see, looked down and says, uh -uh, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. <laughs> I thought to myself, he wasn't talking here about necessarily Christian folk. He's talking about people on the earth altogether. People, and he says, the people is one. They are united. They're all in what? Agreement of what's going down. And this is what God says, the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit looking over the Bible said God came down, he came down to the earth and looked. He said, Holy Spirit, Jesus, y'all see what's going on here? Holy Spirit, yeah, I see. He says, these folks are together. They've set their minds to build a building that's coming up here. I don't know how they expect to get here, but God was like, because they're together, they're in agreement, nothing's going to stop them. They will not be restrained. Now, that was... <laughs> Watch this. That was mankind with mankind, people with people. God wasn't even the picture. That's just them among themselves. Right? Next verse. Go to, let us go down, let us, that's the Godhead, let us go down there, confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech that they could no longer be in agreement. 
If I cannot communicate with you, it's hard for us to come into agreement. Now, I could interject something right there. One of the most devastating things the enemy has put in the church is the inability to communicate with each other. Now, I told you I'm all about the truth of God's word, right? Because when you understand who we are, it breaks the chains off. Anything the enemy could put on you. Amen? You want to see churches that are on fire for God? That are living this modern day Christian walk that God says with the fire of God in operation? You're going to see folks who understand how to communicate with each other. Amen? Amen? And I'm not just talking about speaking the same language. I'm talking about communication under the language of love. Now, that's another message I've got to preach for you. Because when we understand the language of love, it supersedes all racial, ethnic, economical barriers. Hallelujah. And we could learn to do just that. It is amazing to me that even in this day and age, that communication is a lost art. Now, I'm not even... There's so much that could be said for more of that. As far as every relationship, we could start for the, the most powerful relationship God created, husband and wife. I can't even tell you the amount of turmoil that's in this world simply because husbands and wives can't communicate. Amen. Amen? One of the most devastating things to any relationship, and it's the same with God. So God came down and he showed, he said, look, first thing we need to do is to mess up their speech so that they can't communicate, they can't agree. Right? So we see there, God set the foundation in showing how powerful it is to come in agreement. Amen. Right? He says, God, if I don't do this, whatever they put their mind to do, he says, they will not be restrained. I don't think y'all get this. Amen. When God could look at us and say, when they come together in agreement, they cannot be restrained. That's right. But yep, oh, hallelujah. Mm. <laughs> Second Corinthians, I'm trying to calm myself. I wanted to do a lot of teaching this morning. But as you can tell, I get real excited. Amen, Amen. I get excited about God's word. Second Corinthians chapter 6. We're going to start at verse 14. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now, I've seen this verse misinterpreted many times. I've even heard, well, I've got to tell you the truth. I even heard, I listened to a racist pastor preach on this. And he used this scripture as his basis to speak against interracial marriages. Yeah. I mean, he preached a full fire-blazing message based on that there. So misinterpreted. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. 
When you study that word unbeliever, it speaks of people with heathenistic mindset. People who have literally rejected God. Amen? Nothing there about ethnicities, none, none of that. Hence, it is so amazing, it's so powerful that we understand God's word. That's why I keep saying it over and over. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing God's word. We've got to dig into God's word and ask him for his spirit to bring us to that understanding. Now, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Now, let's pause there for one more time. When you actually study this thing about being unequally yoked, what is it actually talking about? That is actually paraphrased and saying, don't yoke things together with a yoke that is not even. It goes back to the old practice of yoking uh, animals, whether it's oxen or mules or, or, or different things, to perform a task. Yes. Now, watch this. If you yoke two things unevenly, meaning either you have a bad yoke, somehow the work is not distributed evenly. Amen. Hence, they care. Oh, my goodness. You will never, if you have two fine oxen or whatever, with a bad yoke, you will never be able to maximize right. the amount of work they can do together. Amen. Amen. Now, understanding this, right, about being joined together. Next verse. He says, uh, and what conquered hath Christ with Belial, or Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel. Amen? Uh, let's go to the next verse. And what agreement, here is what this is all about. Yes. Where is that preacher who preached that first, looked at that first line and preached the whole sermon on interracial marriages? He missed all this. And so oftentimes we have folks who would find one scripture and take a little part out and make it gospel. And forget the, the preceding verses or the ones following. You've got to study the word. That's why the word of God says study to show yourself approved. The devil, oh my goodness. The word of God says even the enemy knows scripture. It's not good enough for you to be able to quote a couple of scriptures. What does that mean? Amen. What is the spirit of God saying in that verse? Because the power is not in however you choose to interpret it, but what God is saying. Amen. So now, he says, what agreement had the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. Amen? As God had said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. My goodness. That verse is so powerful. Now, let's go to the next verse and bring this in. He says, wherefore, come out from among them and be separate. What does that mean? Does it mean you got to move out from your neighborhood and let's all form a little Christian community, you know, and build our houses side by side? And when we see folks who are not saved on one side of the street, we go on the other side. And when we go to work, the Christians over there and the non-Christians, no, that's not what he's talking about. He says, be separate in how you live your life. 
Be separated on the principles you stand on. Be separated on what you stand for. I don't care if everybody in the office is saying happy holidays. You represent Christmas. You represent Christ being the reason for the season. And you live as such. I know the Spirit of God is sick and tired. Clichéically, because he doesn't get sick and he sure doesn't get tired. Amen? Of people messing up God's word for all of us who are supposed to be Christians, the ones who are supposed to be in control, have the enemy backed us into corners, up the wall, up ladders, and all this kind of stuff. When he says, don't you understand, greater is he, me, living inside of you than the devils in this world. These who I've given you authority over, stop letting the enemy back us into a corner. This is not about what the devil says. The devil doesn't run the show around here. The children of God does. He has called us to stand up and be who God has made us to be. Just be separate, say the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. And I will, now watch this. Two Sundays ago I spoke in receiving, right? That the reason uh, we're not living and receiving a lot of the blessings of God is because we got a receiving problem. We don't know how to receive. God is saying, look, I reciprocate. He says, I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. He says, when you do this, I now receive you. So then, it's all about agreement, right? God with us. He didn't come here just to always be, we'll say things like, God is our most honored guest this morning. No, he's not a guest. He may be your guest. He's not. God is my guest. This guy lives in me. He's a part of me. He's familiar. My family. Amen. So now, when you're walking in agreement with God, I want you to understand this. That's why I had to look at the yoking and being yoked together. Now, if two things that are yoked properly, evenly, they could maximize what they can do, right? <laughs> Y'all see where I'm going with this? Now, I don't know about you. On your best days, you can never outdo God. And God says, I am now joining myself to you that whatever I can do, I want you to do it. Oh, my goodness. You don't believe me? The Holy Spirit showed me something. And I told you before, there's several scriptures, lots of I'm going to keep going back to for different messages. Because God's word is inexhaustible. I could preach, I said it before, a thousand years and get a new revelation of God every single day and still wouldn't touch the iceberg. So now, in Genesis, I was reading that this morning. Every single thing he says, when he created the animals, he says, you're supposed to produce after your kind. Trees, they're going to have seed, produce after their kind. Fish, he says he created them, and they produce after their kind. When he came to man, he says, now, let us, the God, let us make man. Amen? Who you think, whose DNA we are a part of? Come on, tell me, whose DNA do we have inside of us? 
He says, I've created the animals, they're gonna produce. I created trees, they're gonna produce. Now I am producing this after me. And he tells them, now go and replenish the earth. We've got the DNA in God, folks. Not only that, he says, now I'm coming with you, in agreement with you. That whatever you face, I'm facing it. Whatever trials and tribulation you find yourself in, I am right there with you. Like the disciples in the storm, God is saying, I'm not an innocent bystander. Don't you understand? I am right there with you. I don't want to be your honored guest. I'm not here to visit you from time to time. I'm here to live inside of you. To dwell inside of you. Ephesians 3.20 Last two verses, and we're going to bring it in. I wanted to close because I wanted to just, God had called me to do something after the service because many of you, you're in struggles right now. And when I say struggle, I don't mean a losing. I mean simply mean a fight, right? I was talking to one of the young people this morning, and they were telling about the kind of weeks they've had and so on and so forth. But you've got to understand when you face difficult times, it all it simply means that you're alive. <laughs> Ta-da! And a difficult thing that you face simply means another opportunity for you to triumph. We have got to change our mindset. Every time most... And folks, understand what I'm I told you before, God has given me a mandate. I don't care wherever I go. If he takes me across the world, I'm going to preach the same gospel because I know God has called us to be triumphant. I will not live my life under the paw of the enemy no more. I am done. Amen? Because I know God, that is not who God has created me to be or none of you. So every situation you face in this life, stop thinking about it. Oh, my goodness. Here is what's going on. Oh, Lord, such and such happened. Oh, my goodness, my car just broke down. My God. You know, he said all this. I don't know what I'm going to. No, 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 no. Amen. Folks were talking about, you know, I think someone mentioned, you know, our college closing and, and folks who are facing. Listen, if you're a Christian in that situation, you've got to. And I know it's not an easy thing, but you've got to train yourself. Yes. Amen. Yep, train yourself. We're concerned about training everybody else. Let me teach you how to talk. Let me teach you how to know. Teach yourself how to live by God's word. Amen? Teach yourself that when you encounter a situation that is difficult, stop seeing it as just another, oh, the, oh that devil is so busy. Yeah, he's busy. Voila, big deal. He has been busy. Amen? Stop seeing it as, as something else to bring you down, but say this is simply just another hurdle for me to not only jump, but to beat it down. This is just another obstacle for me to pull out the sledgehammer of faith and bust it wide loose. This is just another opportunity for me to demonstrate to the demons in hell that I have the authority over them. Every single thing. And you step forward in God's word. Now, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Let those words marinate into your soul and spirit. Amen? 
above all that we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Now, I know you've seen this verse before, right? And I've heard, I think Miss Linda mentioned this before. Many people miss that two words right there, two small words in the end, according to the power. Now, let us dissect this verse, shall we? Unto him who is able to do exceedingly. Mm -hmm. I I like the picture here that that Paul painted. I like the words he used. You know, little baby, oh, gentle Jesus, meek and mild. No, it's big words here. He says he's able to do exceedingly. And if that wasn't enough, he said abundantly above all that you could ask or think. Remember the verses we looked at Genesis or, 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 or earlier, God says whatever, they're going to be able to do everything that, is, uh, everything that they've what? Imagined. Right? We read it. Now here, uh, Paul is saying everything you can either ask or think. And then he didn't leave it there. He stopped. He says, now, after you've thought of that and had a shouting party, yeah, hallelujah, he says, now, according to the power that worketh in you. Now, think about this now. Why would he say doing it exceedingly abundantly and then right right behind that put according to how it works in us? It means that there's a way of living. (laughs) There is a way of living, I said, folks. Not just a way of just coming to church. Not just a way of dressing. Not just a way of smiling or greeting. But there is a way of living that when we understand God with us, that we are now yoked, coupled, bonded by the Holy Spirit of God, there's a life to be lived that is going to be or should be exceedingly and abundantly greater than anything I could ever think or ask. Now, right after that, I want you to stop and really ask yourself. Because, folks, I told you, when, I, when I'm preaching, this isn't me preaching to you. This is God speaking to me and all of us. This is the stuff he deals with me about. He says, are you living like this? Or do you go into panic mode with everybody else? Everybody in the room, ah, where's the Christian? Ah. When we're supposed to be like Christ in the bottom of the boat, like, hmm. Flip. Say what? Uh, 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 who storm? Okay, hold on for a second. Peace, <laughs> be still. Amen. Now I'm going back and get my Z's. That is how we're supposed to live. Why? Because God can do all of this and we come into agreement. Last verse. 1 John 1 3. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that you also may have fellowship. That word fellowship, it speaks of a deep, intimate communion. Amen? Sometimes we say, a lot of times, we come into church, we're going to fellowship together. Let's have fellowship. That's not the kind of fellowship there. It's talking about deep, intimate communion with each other. 
that you may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship, the same word again, is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the fellowship. Intimate union. When you look up the Hebrew word that means one of the definitions, and there is also intercourse. I know in our language today, when we hear that word, normally we can connotation with one thing. But it's many different things. It speaks of intimacy on a deep level. That intimacy that talks about, I am now in agreement with you. Two Sundays ago, I spoke on this whole thing about authority, why Jesus said the centurion, why he found no greater faith. Because authority, it all ties in with that. When you understand authority and this agreement, a covenant, now watch this. A police officer, right? To be a police officer, he's got to take sworn oath. He swears to do such and such, to uphold the law, blah, 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 so on and so forth. When he puts his hand and agrees to that, he covenants himself to the police department. Right? Henceforth, based on that covenant, it gives him certain rights, powers, and authority. The same thing like the Christian. We are now in covenant with God. When we accept his agreement, it gives us the rights, the power. The police officers now got the power of the whole police department. Hence, we are in covenant with God. We've got the power of all of angels, all of heaven behind us, right? Y'all getting this? It is so important to understand authority. If a police officer, let's say you're sitting at home eating dinner. He walks into your house. What do you need? I want to come in. Do you have a warrant? Nope. I like your house. I want to come in. He busts down the door and comes in. He's now broken the law, hence the covenant he took. From that moment, once the covenant is broken, he ceases to have the authority. Right? It is the same way why the centurion say, God, you don't have to come. Speak. Why? Your words. Mm. He says, your words are in a covenant and an agreement with you. That's why Jesus says, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are alive. Amen. So now as Christians, we are now in agreement with God. He says, my covenant is my spoken word. When we accept the word of God, live it, make it the gospel for our lives. He says, all of the authority of heaven, my power, you, because you are now my DNA, I've created it that, you've got all of me behind you. Amen. Amen? So this agreement thing, it shows that we have got all of this because of the agreement of God's word sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? It was like this by Adam, but after Adam messed up, God did it all over again and said, you know what? Y'all messed it up. Guess what? I am not satisfied. The word of God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And because I love you with such depth, immediately after you messed up, there's a plan in place to fix it. I'm sending myself in the form of a physical being to pay the price to bring you back so that we can now be back where? In full agreement. That way, you are now back under the covenant. 
henceforth, my authority is now your authority. Back in this, come on, my power is now your power on this earth. Because you are now a living, breathing replica of me on this earth. Hallelujah. Come on now. That is something we got to praise God about. You've got to understand you are a living, breathing representation and replica of God on this earth. Because we have the Spirit of God living inside of us. Father God, I want to give you praise this morning. I want to give you thanks. I want to give you honor because you are forever faithful. Every part of you is faithful. Faithful, 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 faithful. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the seed that was planted. I thank you that even right now, your Holy Spirit is watering it. And the seed that is being planted is being germinated, and it will bring forth much fruit in our lives, in the lives of your people right here in Gospel Temple, every single person. I give you the glory and thanks in advance for that being done. I told you before earlier, there's many of you, I believe, right now, you're facing all kinds of things. I am convinced. You know why? Because God has taken us to a whole different level of anointing and power in this place. I don't care if you, I don't know if you choose to be, leave it or accept it. But I know for my life personally, God has told me it is time to live in a whole different level of anointing and power. And I've grabbed hold of it and I will not let go of it. So I know for many of you, the enemy is fighting you. For many, I, I don't know what's going on in your lives. But I'm sure many of you right now, if I were to take a poll, somebody's gotten some kind of information this week or in the past couple of weeks, whether it's your home, your job, your marriage, your health. There's things you're facing. And the Spirit of God is saying this morning, I am in covenant with you. I want you to understand that I am here right there with you. And all I'm asking you to do is to trust in me because your victory is guaranteed when you live and walk by the principles I've established. So this morning, I want to make one altar call. And what we're going to do, I want us to come in agreement with each other, with God. You hear me? It is time for us to stand united with God and with each other to see the barriers that the enemies put up come crashing down. Amen? To see the lies you've established come to nothing. To see you living your life defeated, destroyed. That you will live this triumphant, victorious, powerful lives so that we could begin being accurate representations of who God is. That when folks see you and encounter you, they must be encountering part of God. Amen? That's the word of God, folks. That is the word. Not to encounter someone that's just as beat up as they are, just as depressed as they are, just as sad. No, 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 no. That is not God's plan for our lives. So I want to open this altar right now. 
Come on out. Let us agree and close out this service. United in agreement with God. And I promise you, stop looking for this very week. Amen? Start looking for God to bust down the walls. Start looking for the Spirit of God to kick open doors that no man can close for you. Amen? And you're going to see things begin to happen in your life.